Thank you for listening to the Real Truth Podcast with Ruth Henderson, where we will dive into the powerful truth that the kingdom of heaven has for us. And now here's our host, Ruth Henderson. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Real Truth with Ruth. We're going to take a deep dive into John 9 today. I'm going to read a lot of scripture, so I just ask that you stay with me. I looked at paraphrasing it, but honestly, there is such a wealth, a treasure trove of information and things that we can learn out of John 9. So I want to read it to you because we want to make sure that we're well-grounded that we are steadfast on the word of God. And then we're going to go back and look at some of the lessons and take part of it apart and just see how it, how it impacts, how we can apply it to our lives today. So John 9, I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, Go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, No, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, Yes, I am the same one. They asked, Who healed you? What happened? He told them, The man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed, and now I see. Where is he now, they asked. I don't know, he replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees, because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it, so he told them, He put the mud over my eyes, and when I washed it away, I could see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man Jesus is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, But how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, What's your opinion about this man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. The Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see. So they called in his parents. They asked them, is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? His parents replied, we know this is our son and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said he's old enough, ask him. So for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man Jesus is a sinner. I don't know whether he's a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind and now I can see. But what did he do, they asked. 
How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed. I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they cursed him and said, You are his disciples, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he's ready to hear those who worship him and who do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of anyone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. You were born a sinner, they, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. When Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and he asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they can see that they are blind. Some of the Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, Are you saying that we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied. But you remain guilty because you claim that you can see. So when we go back, the first thing I want to point out is that as Jesus walking was walking along, he sees, he saw the, the blind man, okay? there's there, It doesn't note here that the blind man knew Jesus was in the area. I'm sure he heard people walking by. I'm sure he heard the wrestle, wrestling of, of their robes and whatnot. I'm sure he heard some of the conversations, but it, he didn't cry out to Jesus. In this account, Jesus saw. So you could just say, he sees, he sees, because since he sees this blind man, it also means that he sees us. Then the other thing that I noticed right after that is the disciples, whether they followed his gaze or whether they also saw the blind man, they ask him why this man had been born blind and how often do we want to know the whys. And I love this because they're, they are seeking to understand and so Jesus specifically tells them that it's not the man's sins or the sins of his parents. And that was their mindset because in that culture, in that mindset, this man would have been blind because he had sinned or because his parents had sinned. So that, you know, they're kind of saying to Jesus, okay, is it A, his sin? B, is it B, his parents' sin? But Jesus is saying, no, it's C, so that the power of God could be seen. So often we try to take what we see in the natural and we try to fit it into the box so that we can understand it. And that's the position from which we approach God as we ask questions, as we seek to understand. And so often God is saying, no, I want you to see from a different perspective. I want to show you that it's so much more than what your experience has said or what your, what, what your culture says. There's something else here and I want to move with power. But then it's interesting because notice he still has a, healed the man. We don't even know if he's gone over. They could still be walking closer. We don't know. But what, what he says to the disciples is he says, we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who has sent us. So there are tasks, there are things that God has asked you to do, that he's asked me to do, that we need to quickly carry out. There's no time for debate. There's no time to go and pray about it for 10 days. 
there's no time to even talk ourselves out of it. He's saying we have to quickly go and carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who has sent us. So my question for you and the question for me is what should I be carrying out right now in this moment, in this season that God has called me to do that I'm holding back? Because again, he's answering them. He's saying it's not his sins. It's not his parents' sin. That, but the power of God is going to be seen in him. And we have to quickly, we have to quickly, just say quickly, I have to care, quickly carry out the task assigned to me by the one who sent me. Who sent me? God. God sent. He had an assignment. Jesus was on a mission. He had an assignment. The, the apostles, the disciples, they're on a mission. They had an assignment. And so he said, you know, while I'm still here, we have to carry this out. I'm the light of the world. But remember, we carry him. We carry the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, in typical Jesus fashion, what does he do? He goes and spits on the ground and he makes this wonderful mud poultice and he spreads it over the man's eyes and he tells him where to go wash. This is interesting. We've made whole theologies around this methodology of healing right here. But this is what I want us to hear, is that the man had this stranger come and smear mud on his eyes and tell him where to go wash. The blind man was still blind as he walked to the pool to go wash. Sometimes there is a walking out of our healing. And that's what I want us to hear right now. That the man, you know, he's pro what was he thinking as he headed over to the pool to wash? You know, this crazy man just put mud on my eyes and who knows what else he had experienced. I'm sure is with being blind, he'd been spit on, he'd been ridiculed, he'd, he'd probably been kicked here and there. And yet in this moment, there's something that rises up within him. I think there's a hope that rises up that maybe, just maybe, just maybe I'm going to be able to see. Just maybe something has changed. Just maybe. Because Jesus doesn't say, go wash yourself and you're going to come back and be able to see. He just says, go wash yourself, period. But the man went and washed. Jesus could have just immediately opened his blind eyes. He didn't have to spit in the mud and 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 put them, you know, spit in the dirt and put mud on the guy's eyes. He didn't have to tell him to go wash. But for whatever reason, in this moment, in this passage, he did that. So there was an act of obedience on the man's part to go to a specific place to wash the mud off. And it was at that point, out of obedience to what Jesus told him to do, that he was able to see. When Jesus enters the room, there's something that rises up from the very depths of our being that grabs hold of the promises of God, that grabs hold of the fullness of the kingdom of heaven. And sometimes we have to walk out in obedience to see the fullness of that come to pass. And that's really, really important. I, I know I, I've repeated it a number of different ways because it's so important. We so often, we want the, the, the word, that word in a moment. And sometimes that word of the moment requires a walking out and a washing off to receive the fullness of the power and the manifestation of the word from the Lord. So, of course, the man goes and he washes and he comes back seeing and the neighbors begin to take notice and they begin to ask questions. And immediately some of them think, oh, it's it, this man just looks like him because this man was blind. How often does God move and we don't even see that he's moved because we're trying to fit it into one of our human, earthly, rational boxes. And we're trying to say this can't be. 
Lord, help our disbelief. Help our disbelief. Father, come and break it off. Break it off right now. Help our disbelief. But this man, he didn't let that pass. He said, no, it's me. It's me. And so they began, of course, to ask questions. Who healed you? What happened? Be ready to tell the story of the works and the account of God with a boldness, unashamed, no matter who asks. And so he goes and he shares a story. They ask where he is and he doesn't know. So what do they do? They take the man. They take the blind man. They go with him and they go to the Pharisees. Why? Because Jesus had healed him on the Sabbath. And so the Pharisees, of course, begin to ask the man all these questions. And they actually go and say, this can't be from God. Because their reason was because he's working on the Sabbath. So often... We will take something to others and they'll say, this can't be God. But what I love about this man is he may have been blind in the natural when Jesus approached him, but his eyes were becoming increasingly open and he was not going to step back. And so as, as they go and they go back and forth with him, what happens actually is there becomes a deep division between the religious leaders because of this miracle, because of the signs and wonders. Now let's go back to our young man here, the man who was born blind. We don't know his age. We're just going to say he's a young man, okay? But we know he's an adult. And so because the Pharisees, the religious leaders, don't believe him, they go and call in mom and dad. Because mom and dad wouldn't lie. Maybe this young man's lying. Maybe something else happened. And so the parents come in. And they, they will say, they do claim as their child. They do confirm that he was born blind. They're willing to do that. But then they back off. They back off because of fear, because of fear of man, because they're afraid that they're going to be kicked out of the synagogue. How often do we back off from sharing the fullness of the testimony of God? Because we're afraid that we're going to be kicked out, that we're not going to be received, that we're not going to be believed. And so we water it down or, or we... we pass it to somebody else to share because we want to keep our safe, secure position. And this is where this man's parents found themselves. And that's the way they responded. So again, they, they call back in the young man and question him again. And he's a little indignant. He knows what's happened. He's already shared the story. And so what happens is he shares it again as he confronts them a little bit, as he gets a little stronger in his language. They actually curse him and they say, you know, you might be Jesus's disciples, but we're disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know who, where this man comes from. And I love the power and the authority that rises up in the blind man because he confronts these religious leaders. I, he knows he's growing up in the synagogue. He knows the consequence for what he's about to do. And he goes and he says, well, that's very strange because he healed my eyes. And yet you, the religious leaders, you don't even know where he comes from. We know you've been teaching that God doesn't listen to sinners. But he's ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. That's what you've been teaching. And this young man goes on and he says, ever since the world began, no one has been able to open up the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. And the religious leaders, oh, you're born a total sinner. As if they weren't. Interesting, huh? 
Are you trying to teach us? And they throw him out of the synagogue. So the very thing that his parents feared and that shut them up and that stopped them from having the fullness of their voice is the very thing that this young man who was blind but could now see because he was obedient to what Jesus told him to do, even though he wasn't quite sure 100% who Jesus was, he didn't have the fullness of the revelation of who had healed him. Something had shifted, and he was willing to stand up. And you know what? Being kicked out of the synagogue was a big, big deal. There was shame. There was ridicule. There was condemnation. There was separation from the Jewish people. And yet he didn't care because he had encountered the living God that he didn't even know he'd encountered yet. All right? And I just... I just love this because there was such a boldness and a roar from the line of Judah that rose up within this man that the consequences, he was willing to accept them because he knew, he knew, he knew what had happened. Don't ever let anyone talk you out of an encounter with the living God. Don't ever let anyone downplay that or minimize what God has done in you, through you, for you. Because people will. And sometimes it's even the religious leaders who you'll share that account and you'll be so excited. And they'll, out of concern, I mean, I'm not saying it's not a heartfelt concern, but they'll try to dumb down or talk you out of what God has done. For this man, it wasn't easy. You know, it, it, these days we can find another church to go to. He was kicked out of the synagogue. It was a big, big deal. But one of the things I love about Jesus is when Jesus heard, so at the beginning of John 9, Jesus saw, he saw the man, he saw him blind. Now we're coming around, Jesus is cycling back and Jesus heard, just say Jesus hears. He heard what had happened and he intentionally goes and finds the man. And he says, do you believe in the son of man? And the man answered him, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You see, again, something within this man knew that he had been touched by God. He knew. And Jesus says, he's the one speaking to you. And this man says, oh, Lord, I believe. And he begins to worship Jesus. That was his response. After standing firm for all of this, as after his parents not fully 100% standing behind him after being ridiculed by the religious leaders after being cursed by the religious leaders the very ones who were teaching him having cursing him and telling him he was a sinner and he didn't know here he is worshiping Jesus the the Messiah and Jesus goes and says to him I entered this world to render judgment to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. What a paradox here. Jesus had given him sight, this young man's sight. And yet to the Pharisees, he was showing that they're truly blind. And some of the Pharisees who overheard this conversation caught that. And they actually asked him, are you saying that we're blind? And Jesus says, if you were blind, if you were physically blind, you wouldn't be guilty. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see it was a spiritual issue. It was a spiritual issue. And so as I look at this, I just, there's so many, so many great things in here. Great nuggets. Kingdom nuggets. Number one, we have to be aware of the opportunities that are in front of us. Jesus saw the disciples ask questions. Jesus brought the healing. 
We have to be careful to discern the things of God. The Pharisees had major discernment issues. We have to be able to discern how God's moving, when he's moving, where he's moving, and step into it. We need to be able to support and celebrate the things of God. The man's parents were too afraid of the religious rulers to truly celebrate. As I said before, never let anything or anyone strip you from the testimony of what God has done. And this young man, he knew what had happened. He didn't water it down. He didn't know at first who had healed him. He just knew that he was healed. Jesus comes back. Jesus always cycles back. Some of you have friends and family members or even children who have known the touch of God. They've known that some of them have even been healed and yet they've walked away or they haven't understood the fullness of the kingdom, the fullness of who Jesus is. But Jesus will always circle around and find us right where we're at. So where you've been despairing or you've been trying to water things down or you've been trying to make excuses, it's time to stop because Jesus will cycle around. He's circling around right now right back to some of those who aren't sure of who has done the healing, who has touched them, but they know something's changed. Jesus cycling around to find them right where they at. And of course, this man, he believed and he worshiped. We have to be able to see what God's doing. We have to step into the moment. We have to understand that we have assignments on our lives and we're going to take them to the fullness. And where the Lord says to bring healing, we bring the healing. Where he tells us to go walk and wash, we walk and we wash and we come back seeing. And when we have experienced the signs and the wonders and the miracles of healing, we worship. And when we're with others who have experienced the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the healing, the blind eyes opening, the lame walking, the fullness of the kingdom of heaven, when they've come into the kingdom, we join them and we worship. I just imagine what it would have looked like had the whole synagogue erupted in praise because one of their own who was once blind could now see. Just imagine, imagine if praise had broken out rather than dissension and ridicule. It is time to worship. It is time to praise. It is time to go about the assignments quickly that God has called us to do. There's so much we can learn from these. The, God has so much packed into scripture that is, it's not just for then, but it's for today. So you know what? Jesus saw and he healed. We need to see with his eyes. We need to ask him the questions and we need to go for it. Because our Redeemer lives, our God heals, our God provides. Our God is the answer to a hurting world. He is the only way. And the world has been searching for, for something else and someone else. And they're so unsatisfied. And yet here's our God. He is the one who heals. Yep, he can even make some mud, put it on a man's eyes, and tell him to go wash. And the man comes back seeing because that's who our God is. Are you struggling to walk in the fullness of the plans and purpose that God has for you? Why not order Ruth's book, Physician, How to Be Aligned and Empowered to Walk in Your Divine Destiny? Available in print, ebook, or audio on 